Hey everybody, Nathan here on The Birds and the Lees. It's our triumphant return. I am here with my wife, Kim. Kim, how are you? I'm good. And we are coming to you uh, in the middle, well, quite almost the end of February 2021. It's been about two months since we last posted. Quite a bit has happened. Yeah. Um, we are still uh, experiencing the COVID thing that's been going on, though the vaccine is out there and lots of people are getting it. Um, we uh, had a great Christmas and we actually uh, went on a little bit of a vacation over Christmas. It was a lot of fun. We did. We did. We went to uh, Florida observing all of the COVID precautions. We didn't just go willy nilly, yeah. but we went out to the beach, which was just a blast, a nice Wonderfully social distance. Wonderfully social distance <laughs> beach, which yeah. was interesting. Um, and then we went to uh, Disney World, a mm-hmm. wonderful family gift that was given to us, and we had a great time. Um, and here we are. And yeah. we are just coming out of the Texas snow apocalypse. If you've been watching the news, you understand what happened a couple weeks ago with this. Uh, I hesitate to use the word unprecedented because that has. Yeah. been used way too much but it was pretty bad i mean it's we were true. it's true i mean we were since i've been here i've never seen it this cold though i've been in temperatures that cold before but you know we went through the typical frozen uh wasteland of mm-hmm. snow and people are losing power and water though we never did which is uh fortunate um but you know what here we are and uh tonight we wanted to spend some time uh, just kind of getting back into the groove, check in on each other, check in. Uh, as you know, part of our uh, focus of this is just talking to couples, being real about the things that go on in our lives, ministry, things you may experience as well. Tonight, we're talking about change. We're talking about transitions. Yeah. Um, and as we get into that a little bit, this is really Kim's story tonight. And this is mm-hmm. kind of where she is, um, both professionally, personally, and mm-hmm. and you know, mentally, spiritually, and all of that. So uh, I'm going to take a back seat to this, maybe ask some questions here and there, but uh, let's get into this. Kim, so we talked about this of topics, and one of the things that came up was uh, the topic of change and transition, and you are currently in the middle of one. Well, I wouldn't say in the middle. You're coming out of a transition right now, it's but you're still tail in the tail end, yeah. tail end, but still an adjustment mm-hmm. uh, professionally is what this mm-hmm. is, so why don't you uh, kind of fill us in on that story? Yeah, so uh, three, almost three years ago, two and a half years ago, uh, you and I were laying in bed one night, and I was, so one of the things we've learned through a journey is that I have to have, um, I have to know that my needs are taken care of on a base level, so financial is real important to me. Um, I need to know that we are going to be taken care of, and that is very hard in real estate to actually have a consistent basis for income. It's just not the way it works. So uh, there was a night you and I were in bed and I was in literal tears over not knowing where the next financial piece would come from that we needed. So um, your advice was to go to a friend and just talk about it, pray about it first, and then go and just have a conversation with someone. No names mentioned, just pick someone. And I did, I picked a sweet friend of mine, and I went over um, during the day one day, and we just kind of debriefed on what happened. Um, Great part about being on a journey and at a pastoral level is you get lots of friends in lots of places, and um, she was not going to where we went to church and I kind of needed that just to get away from somebody judging me based on all the concerns I had. So I went over there and we were talking and 
long story short, over a two-month period, it I ended up getting hired by the company she works for. Um, it is completely out of my realm. It is not in an industry that I have ever worked in or know anything or knew anything about. It is a technology company. So I, my for those who don't know, my undergrad is in child development. My master's is in counseling. My work life ended up being primarily in real estate. And um, this company actually sells technology to churches. It was a great fit because I know churches and I know sales. Um, I don't know technology as well as lots of my amazing engineers do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So uh, they have, it has been a really fun adventure. It started as part time just to see if it would work. Um, but actually now you actually may know more about technology than I do. I do. Which That's is, correct. which is really funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I have been blessed by people in the company who have surrounded me and helped me learn and grow. And I'm very thankful for that. I'm not saying it didn't come with no frustration on my part of learning something new. That's always really, really hard to, mm-hmm. to, um, put your mind around something that is, Uh, totally different and outside of the realm. Although once I started assimilating things to what I knew in the education realm, it wasn't nearly as hard. So that was, I'm, I'm very thankful for my college education for teaching me how Mm -hmm. to do that. Um, Yeah. So I was part-time for a couple of years and long story short again, um, it just worked that I needed to go full-time. And for me, needing that consistent income that was a decision that I chose for our family Mm -hmm. Uh, it meant giving up really a dream that I had of being a real estate agent although that real that uh, afforded us lots of opportunities to have time off and amazing vacations um, to really random and crazy fun places Um, ability to be here for the kids the reality is the income that was questionable was really hard on me as a person for who I am. So uh, I left that, uh, I guess if you want to say walked away from it or closed up shop in Mm -hmm. December-ish. I still have my license out there. It is active technically. State of Texas does some weird things. So I let it run active because it's not expensive. And um yeah, so I'm full-time on with a technology company selling to churches. Yeah, that's definitely um, a change. And, uh, you, you know, on the surface when you tell that story, um, the first time you might hear it, you, you say, okay, well, you know, job transitions, needs, things mm-hmm. like that. But there's, there's a little more to this because, one, you come from a real estate family. You come from a background where everybody was involved yeah. in some capacity of real estate. You've been involved in new home sales. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about when this occurred because your jump into real estate actually happened in 2012. And the conversation mm-hmm. you and I had at the time <laughs> Um, I was in between positions, which we have mentioned in yeah. previous episodes. I had lost my job, and um, you know there was this uh, um, lack of a better word, uh, just kind of this malaise on my part, where I, mm-hmm. I just didn't know what I was doing. But I remember you coming to me very, very clearly and specifically, and saying, uh, "You know, I have this dream. I have this idea to go into right. real estate. Would you be okay with that?" Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember my response. Um, 
I do. I remember what I said, but uh, I just remember you saying, "Yeah, yeah." Well, and <laughs> and I followed that up with, "You followed me all over the place." Yeah. For ministry, I think yeah. it's time to let you go after what you want to. Yeah. So this wasn't, you know, there's a lot of people out there who jump into real estate because they seem to be a uh, a, a get get rich quick. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this there's this perception right. that real estate is something that when you jump into. You're right. going to make lots of money, which is not true. Right. Um, because you're going to jump into a community that already has 150 realtor office, in offices, Dallas. offices, yeah. not realtors, <laughs> yeah. offices. And each one of those yeah. may have 50, 60 realtors in them. Right. Um, by the way, it's realtor, not realtor, <laughs> um, which was something we learned early yeah. on. Um, yeah. I learned early on. It's not realtor, it's realtor. Yeah. Um, but this was more for you because I remember you very distinctly you talking about part of your desire in real estate was to bring a certain level of integrity because we'd had some negative experiences yeah. with with realtors as mm-hmm. we were looking for a house and and yeah. to be honest with you some some pretty underhanded kind of stuff yeah and so it was more you actually did see this as a ministry opportunity outside of professional ministry yes huge helping couples find the right home Mm -hmm. helping them not get in and you got to remember this is 2012 we're coming out of the housing crisis that happened in 08 which we experienced yep and you hear these horror stories about people going in and buying houses they couldn't afford and Mm -hmm. and all of that and uh you know that was a big passion of yours is to Mm -hmm. put people in the right house that reasonably fit where they are in life and seeing the big picture for that. So when we talk about a transition, we're not talking Mm -hmm. about just a, you know, Hey, I went and got another job because it paid better. We're we're talking about a transition out of what was essentially your dream job, like to be your own boss, to be the entrepreneur, to get out there Mm -hmm. and create something. So, uh, you know, you've talked about the difficulty, but let, let's talk about a little bit about those feelings um, leading up to that a little more personally, mm-hmm. not just the money part, mm-hmm. but just the, the personal feelings on that. Yeah, there there was a lot in the beginning um, and that continued all the way through that my passion was to do things in an uh, above reproach manner and to um, diligently teach all of my clients how to do this as this, as if I wasn't around, um, it was my job to educate them because of the investment they were making. Um, I, I had some great examples, but I had some terrible examples. You're right. When we were buying homes of agents who just didn't care, um, at the end of the day, they were not willing to teach or train, help me understand what I was getting into. They were not available after we closed on a home. Um, they were not friendly, they were not part of my life. And that was a bit, you know, you're spending, mm, I'm going to guess most clients spent anywhere from 20 to 80 hours with me on average. Some of them, I mean, I have one client that went and looked at 96 houses. So, you know, the amount of time I spent with some people was substantial and the relationships that I gained were substantial in the Oh my gosh, so many prayers for clients over the years and, and watching them transition in and out of kids and in and out of homes and, um, gosh, so many different phases of life to, uh, you know, think about and, and teach them, okay, you, you're going to be an empty nester, but you want a 5,000 square foot home. Is this really what you want? Talking about location and is it ideal? I mean, there's so many things that I saw so many realtors not doing and I wanted to be above that. 
Yeah, I you know, and what ends up happening, which I've seen, is you have some long-term relationships. You, you have friendships coming out of real estate of people I don't even know. You yeah, know, you, you mentioned them, and I have I have no idea who that is. Yeah. Um, but there is, um, and I think that is something that uh, we have to consider. You, you hear this often in small business, mm-hmm. these relationships you build build with yeah. your clientele so you know you always hear the story my parents live in a small town and right. so when they go to the grocery store or to the mm-hmm. butcher shop uh my dad may know the or the butcher recognizes him because dad's the only person in wisconsin asking for brisket that he can smoke right right, right. um but you have these relationships that are mm-hmm. built not just on the sale of a home which can be frustrating and you have yeah. dealt with some very frustrating you know i would say 99 percent of your clients wonderful there's Great. a couple mm-hmm. that you you know, you always run up against those difficult situations. <laughs> yeah. um, and you handled those well. But, you know, it's seeing a much larger picture that mm-hmm. what we may do very specifically in church ministry, but we don't necessarily think about how that translates out into uh, uh, the, I want to say regular, but in the, in the, uh, yeah, I don't even want to, I don't know if that's, a, but you know, the private sector maybe is yeah. the way to, to say that. Um, because churches obviously, uh, are very, very different when it comes to things like business and, and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. um, kind of give your philosophy a little bit more detail on mm-hmm. just working. You know, how did you picture these clients going in? Um, because knowing you, you, you have a very big heart and a very caring. So, mm-hmm. and I didn't see any difference between how you would treat a client versus how you would treat someone in a Bible study you were involved in. Yeah, no, there was no difference. Um, yeah, I treated everyone with absolute honor and integrity. I didn't care price range or area or size, whatever they needed. It, it was my job to treat them ethically. Um, and that you're right, that does extend to Bible studies. I don't treat them any differently. Uh, part of our, so our ministry, working with people in church, one of the things that I am really consistent on and really want to continue as we um, work in the community is not just being involved in our church, but being involved in things outside of the church, Um, whether it's my job or helping with Cub Scouts or whatever we do, we need to be involved on a level that's deeper than just the church because we're not called to only love within the church. So one that is part of the reason that I chose to go that route. It gave me lots of opportunities to love on people that maybe I wouldn't normally get to meet or engage with. Um, yeah, it definitely opened up those opportunities. And gosh, what sweet times to be able to go through life seasons with them for so long. I mean, mm-hmm. it it was a long road with a lot of clients who dreamt and dreamt and dreamt and then Finally, after eight years, we're like, okay, we're ready to pull the, you know, ready to go. So that was very sweet to watch those families grow or get smaller with as kids moved out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, there's obviously frustrations that go with that. Um, Mm. You know, anytime you're involved in a business that you have to build. Yeah. Um, you know, there's ups and downs there. There's difficulties that come from that. And, and I know you struggled mm-hmm. uh, many times with particular uh, feelings or images or, or uh, impressions of yourself. Yeah. Um, how did you deal with that? First, you know, kind of walk through that. But then how did you, you know, how what got you through those moments? I think one struggle was figuring out who I was as a pu- as a public figure. 
because I sat down with a wonderful agent early on and I said, I need your advice as a Christian woman. What is the best, how, how do you handle yourself in public? What does that look like? How do you, um, in a righteous way, grow your business so that it's, it's something God looks at and is, and he says at the end of the day, you know, well done. And she said, find your, was it platform? Is that how you say it? Find your platform and, and speak from that. So, um, there were a couple things that I noted when she said that is she never said berate people, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and, and, which a lot of people do on their platform. Um, what would you mean? What do you mean by berate people on your platform? Uh, I find a platform and it's that I really like black socks and anyone who doesn't like black socks is a horrible person. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I like, I wear black socks all the time now. I've reached that age (laughs) where I'm almost to the, I'm almost to the mowing grass and long black sock, dress socks. Yeah. Yeah. I've almost gotten there. Yeah. But I thought there was a lot of biblical principles in that statement as well. Um, Who we are as leaders in the church. We need to find our platform and stick with that and love Mm -hmm. people through it. Uh, So that's how I led my business. My platform ended up being a kind of a mixture of basically giving back to the community. We, we fostered puppies. We volunteered for the school. We did Cub Scouts. I, I mean, I have a whole file of volunteering that um, I was very passionate about and loved and just really uh, some of my most treasured friendships are from those activities. Well, and you also use that, uh, that, that job platform to support mm-hmm. even more. I mean, yeah. not just volunteer but uh, financially supporting right. ministries that you yeah. open up the door for your clients to be able to participate in. And yes. not only did you just do it, yes. you invited them into that in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we have some friends that uh, run a, an adoption support and mm-hmm. foster care support ministry. Um, look up the empowered parent podcast. Uh, Tapestry yeah, ministry. Mm-hmm. Check them out. Uh, yeah. Ryan, Kayla, Chris, they're awesome. Um, but, uh, and just to, just to be clear, I, I didn't just pick ones that I thought would be beneficial. They were ones that were truly important to my heart yeah, for one yeah. reason or another. Um, Nathan and I don't have adopted kids. We've never fostered. But when we got married, we were under the impression that adoption or foster to adopt would be our only option to have children. Yeah. Um, that's a long story. We can go into another time Yeah. Um, involving fertility, but... What I learned through that experience and then additionally having Jess is that adoption had become part of my life before I even met Nathan. Yeah, you were you were kind of already in that mindset. Yeah. And when we, you know, our life took a different turn <laughs> yeah. with biological children, yeah. there was still a desire to be involved in supporting right. that. Um, right, right. And I think God opened up some, some our eyes a little bit to, you know, maybe we weren't the family uh, or the couple to um, uh, who weren't gifted right. to adopt or oh foster. Oh my gosh, my friends that that adopt are amazing. Yeah, and you have know, such a gift. We're not the we. You know, we just that's not us, and yeah. we wouldn't want to uh, misstep in that no. uh, when a child could be in a much better situation. But we do mm-hmm. want to support that, right? In some way, but that doesn't mean we walk away from it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think. You know, those platforms, and, and again, back to the the idea that you invited clients into that. I mean, they had an yeah. option, and it was, you know, yeah. a percentage of my fee, your salary, right, 
is up to them where Mm -hmm. they want it to go. Yeah. In the beginning, I did that. I had to back off of that, honestly, because of financial considerations. Mm -hmm. Um, It became clear that I needed to make a little bit more money, and there was not many other places to cut except for that. So I still made donations, but they were... A little, they were much smaller, um, and and that's just where God had us at the time. Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, in, in in the long run, what that did was, it, you know, it built this relationship outside of just the the real estate. Yeah. Uh, bubble. Yeah. Right. I mean, the, that's a misuse of the term real estate bubble, but in our case, <laughs> right. it's the culture of it. Is yes, what I'm the talking culture. about. Um, and so you know, I think in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. You were what you were doing ultimately was you were walking with people through transition, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what this is. This mm-hmm. isn't just you know helping them find a a commodity or right. a product. Is you're walking with them through a transition. Right. Um, and I think you've had some very interesting situations, and so with some close friends of ours, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the, the the house they want or they're selling their house, and in those yeah. last minute uh, you know things out of nowhere you don't see. Right. Um, you get to walk, uh, you know, and that, and that falls yeah. on you. Many times that's, that's kind of like, uh, being in pastoral ministry or being, even being a parent is yeah. in the middle of turmoil. You have to be the one that, that stands and brings calm and peace to everyone because you have to speak the reason. Yeah. I mean, I've had clients whose father died in the middle of a listing or, um, they're getting divorced and I'm just the transactional portion in the middle of having to help get rid of the house and both of them start new lives. Um, yeah, there's a lot of difficult scenarios that you have to, I mean, one, they're your friends first. Mm -hmm. So you're loving them through a scenario that even they don't know how to handle or understand or comprehend. Yeah. And then two, you've got to make sure in those kind of scenarios that the best interest of everyone is taken care of, you know, whether you like both sides or not. Or if they're making a decision (laughs) you agree with. I mean, you know, sometimes that best interest is to let them make a decision and and learn from it. Yeah. Yeah. Just give them the choices. They don't choose them. That's fine. But they have to be happy with it in the end. That's their choice. Yeah. And you and you speak honestly to it. You know, yeah. if this is a negative situation. Certainly uh, lessons learned for ministry. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and so for, for, let's see, we're 2020. 21. Well, was 2020 oh, when I, was yes. when you stepped out. And yes. so uh, help me do the math here. Eight mm-hmm. years. Eight years on that end. So there was uh, seven years prior of working in new home sales. Well, the new home sales, yeah, which yeah. is a different animal, but it's you're still helping. It's a whole helping. different animal, yeah. You, you, you know, new home sales is more of a, oh, I would say it's more of a just almost like a, a, a retail. Yeah, it is. It's I mean, more of a retail people, environment than, yeah. than, you know, they walk in, they tell you what they want, the specs are there, you yeah. know, you can change a few things. Which, if anyone's looking to get into it, it's great, great. I really enjoyed it, but it is weekend work. Yeah, it's well, and that was the other thing is, you know, part of what real estate did was it mm-hmm. ate up a lot of your time, and that was another yeah. burden you carried, and I know that was one, Yeah, uh, was finding that time, you know, and, and many times you carried, a, I won't say guilt, but mm-hmm. a burden of, you know, my family, I'm gone. Yeah. And that was difficult mm-hmm. because you and I think that's a transition or at least a a place a lot of us get to is we have this job, we love it. It's fulfilling and I found that out early on in ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, love my job, but yet 
I was pouring so much into it right. that all of a sudden I realized that I'm never home. Or the limits are hard yeah. to set. The boundaries are hard to set. The timelines are hard to set. Um, learning. I mean, it was definitely a learning experience that I have certain things that I'm really passionate about, and those often can't be done if you're working all weekend, basically mm-hmm. Thursday night through Monday morning. Yeah. And so you, you come to this point where, you know, like you said, and how you phrased it, I almost had to snicker <laughs> the way you say, we're laying in bed and you're talking about your needs. And yeah, so that's yeah. a whole other podcast. Nathan says the the, the um, talk about that's coming up in yeah. a few episodes. We're going to do that in a few episodes. <laughs> we're going to talk excited. about that one. No, that's actually the one that I, I struggle with. But um, no, you, you know, talking about that. So this transition came after mm-hmm. a time where... Uh, you were balancing two jobs. You know, yeah. you were you were doing a full time IT sales, yeah, and then rushing out in the evenings um, to you know, and and one of the fortunate things about your business, you got to a point where you didn't have to cold call, you didn't have to do those kind of things, right? You were making a for a, quite Sub- a bit of time a decent yeah. a decent uh, uh, amount per year just on right. referrals from friends right and but, continued business and yeah. continued business um mm-hmm. what is interesting again this goes back to the to the uh, uh reality that real estate mm-hmm. is a saturated market in terms of of people mm-hmm. working in real estate you know ultimately everywhere you go you're going to run into an established realtor who's been there for years doesn't yeah. matter where and and i would say that's very specific to texas there have been some studies done on you know real estate agent per person in the state we just have a dallas austin and houston have really high saturated rates of real estate agents Mm -hmm. um most of them do minimal work i was in the i was in the top 20 percent for a long time that sounds fancy but somebody did the calculations and it only took like three closings a year yeah so it doesn't take a whole lot (laughs) yeah but when you have that many people and and so you're surrounded by is the correct term brokerages is that the um, offices? Okay, so that's a learning thing. So brokerages are what real estate agents sign up under. So my brokerage was in Flower Mound. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Keller Williams and Remax and Fathom Realty. There's a whole bunch of them. And then you have the real estate agents under the office. Under the office. Okay. Yeah. So within that office, mm-hmm. 100 people plus, right, that uh, are... 400 400 agents uh-huh. okay and they're all competing for that business same business and and really <laughs> yeah. what's happening is they're competing not necessarily against each other per se though that is a little bit they're competing against mm-hmm. the established people who've been there 20 30 yeah. 40 years because they're the names and so they're the billboards right. and um how do you deal with that i mean that's an uphill Right. I mean, that really is. And so the deep, dark, dirty secret of real estate is a lot of people are willing to cut their rate. And the ones who are willing to cut their rate are the big agents. Um, Most of the time they are they have a huge amount of income. They have a huge amount of staff. They have siloed workflows. Um, they, they can limit the amount of time they spend doing certain things because of the volume, the sheer volume of, of traffic coming through. I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm not saying they're bad agents, but when you're a single agent trying to do the work, it can get really tough and really financially strapped 
to make those choices to cut your rate. Yeah. So yeah, that was a lot of what I hit up against was as those eight years passed when I was in it, more and more people wanted discounts either on selling their home or on a cash back rebate type thing on buying a new home. So you're, you're there and, and we're getting an education in how the real estate uh, yeah. business works, but that's important <laughs> yeah. because the, I remember the, a lot of the burden you carried was this tension between I need to make money, mm-hmm. but I want to be able to offer something that is attractive. Right. And so you exist in this tension of almost like, am I being selfish because, and right. you even asked that a couple of times, am I being selfish because I feel like we, and, and let me, let, let's be very clear. When Kim talks about financial needs, she's not mm-hmm. talking about yachts and no. fast cars. She's no. talking about safety and security for a yeah. family with two kids. Like at the time, to be very honest, our cars both were over 10 years old. Yeah. Um, they, we um, just don't, I mean, buying a TV last year for the first time in 10 years. Oh, longer than that. Okay. 14 yeah. years. It was yeah. a very long I mean, it time. Was, that was a huge commitment for us and is a yeah, huge commitment for us even repairs on the home like one uh-huh. of the things we're getting ready to have to deal with of this freeze is one of the uh yeah. y- you know it's just repairs around the house and you know making the decision to do those ourselves mm-hmm. versus well I'll, i don't know if we could even get somebody to come in at this point well at this point yeah. like all of dallas is broken all of dallas is broken <laughs> but you know we're looking at a bathroom remodel mm-hmm. and not because we need a new bathroom because our bathroom's literally falling apart it's literally tile is like falling stuff off is walls. falling off the walls <laughs> yes. And so, you know, there's that, there's those kind of things that impact the decision of, do I uh, try to make myself more attractive from the end of, uh, you know, a deal financially, financially, or do I say, look, I've got to help support my family. Right. And know that in, you know, five months, I'll have $2 that I can spend towards one fixing the pool and two fixing the bathroom or what have you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And and again, we're not we're not saying that we are in terrible dire financial no. straits. In fact, Kim has she is uh, you know one of the things I talk about in marriage is is share and and mm-hmm. you know yeah. find your strengths to complement each other. Hers is financial, mine is not, yeah. and so she's done this miraculous job of keeping us always uh, in in a good place by mm-hmm. being uh, not frugal but i would right. say balanced in yeah. in looking down the road and so and that did come into play mm-hmm. um being a pastoral family absolutely came into play as far as the jobs that i choose and what i seek after um going after uh Real estate happened at a time when Nathan wasn't pursuing ministry, mm-hmm. and we weren't sure what he was going to go back to. In fact, were you working at Lowe's? I was working at Lowe's because okay. I was running up against all sorts of brick walls with yeah. with more, uh, uh, I guess, consistent work. Obviously, yeah. Lowe's is not a bad yeah. place to work. It's just financially at the time wasn't well, really pulling the and, load for us and wasn't in your gift house either really yeah um, i mean it, it you really did a great job but that is not where you felt fulfilled yeah in any way um but you did make some sweet friends out of it at yeah the time. i made good so, friends and and had a great time i got to um, run forklifts and stuff that was yeah, pretty awesome yeah so yeah i mean there is a huge portion of this that comes down to being a pastoral family and having to make some really tough decisions 
on um, pastoral ministry, ministry as a whole, whatever your job is at a church, it doesn't pay much, most likely. Uh, the reality is that I'll always have to work full time. Yeah. It will never be an option. Um, that being said, sometimes you have to let go of dreams so that you feel a little more financially secure. Yeah. Well, and, and again, you know, we're sitting here talking about, uh, you know, part of that financial uh, vision is, mm-hmm. you know, we're sitting here and it, it's, it's, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe somebody listening might go, oh, okay, you guys got a pool, you know, and things mm-hmm. like that. But, he, but the reality <laughs> is, is we have always looked at our home mm-hmm. as a place where on the ground ministry happens. So much ministry in that stinking I mean, pool. <laughs> you know, when we sit there and we say we have a pool, yeah. uh, on your birthday last summer, literally we oh, had 40 such... young adults who mm-hmm. we are involved in a ministry with um, playing in our pool. Mm-hmm. And, and they probably had the primary use because those yeah. were the good times. And so when we say uh, we're not seeking you know, the lap of luxury, but seeing this as uh, an, an open uh, space, you know, in our home, in our yeah. life for people to come and, and kind of just dwell in. And we even did that this past yeah. week with the with the blizzard, having uh, three people living with us, almost like a hotel because they yeah. were without power. And yeah. we are blessed to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're blessed financially, regardless of the pay, which I, everyone knows ministry is not mm-hmm. where you go to get rich unless... Nope. You know, there's some questionable things going on or you're blessed with a massive (laughs) congregation. Right. But for the most part, you Mm -hmm. you don't go to get rich, but you you are blessed by the people in your church. Mm -hmm. Um, You're blessed by um, God who was watching out for you and allowing you to be a part of that. But the reality is you got to make some decisions and say, look, we're in this together. So we're going to have to we're both going to have to work. We're both going to have to do that. And so pursuing a dream, Mm -hmm. you know. Like you said, sometimes that's at the cost of that dream. So we get to the fall of 2020, mm-hmm. um, and and to be let's be real clear, mm-hmm. I I knew you had talked about it, but the actual lapse of mm-hmm. you stepping out uh, was a real shock to me because <laughs> uh, we got a phone call from a friend asking real estate advice, and I said, "Well, I'll direct yeah. Kim to you because she can help." And I walked in there, and you said, "Yeah, I'm not a realtor anymore." Yeah, so I think this is probably the most important part of this podcast. Um, I will be honest that there was a lot of shame in stepping away from something that I had built for so long. Um, I had poured my heart into it. I identified with it, not in a bad way, but, you know, if people came to me, they would, I hope, see that I love Jesus first and that also I'm a kick butt agent and can help you get through what you need with your issues. Um, I was hired full time by the company. We had a lot of strong growth, some of that due to my efforts in sales. And so they, they offered to go full time. I chose to go full time. It was a great fit. It was too much to do both that and a, a, a running and well-working real estate business at the same time. So, um, after about two months, I had some people that were on the fence or not, if they were going to sell. So I simply just terminated without telling anybody and, and really took a week to kind of just let it settle and figure out who I was without, and to be fair, Nathan knew it was coming. It wasn't like it came out of the 100% blue, 
Um, but I needed that time to make a decision without any judgment, um, almost like reassuring myself that people still loved me, even if I didn't have Mm -hmm. that on my name or whatever, and that that's what they weren't judging me for. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was a hard kick to the gut, um, I needed that time and I had one sweet friend. Oh, she was so sweet. I was adjusting some things and getting ready to shut it down. And I said, I'm just, I'm kind of mad. Like I've worked so hard Mm -hmm. and, and it's scary and I'm angry. And she just looked at me and she said, well, you kind of should be Mm. like, you've worked really, really hard. And now you just have to put it aside and pretend like, I mean, when you work for yourself, nobody throws you a going away party. Yeah. Nobody gives you a gift for working there for 10 years. You just shut the lights off and walk away. And it was so sweet of her to just acknowledge, oh my gosh, if you guys have a mentor or someone you sit down with and pray with or engage with on a regular basis to validate their feelings when they're appropriate is so important. Mm -hmm. And that's what she did that literally gave me the courage just to say, I'm done. Yeah. And it's okay to be a little mad and it's okay to be a little sad. And it's okay to cry a little when you make that call and then walk away. Mm -hmm. And it was okay. And I, we did, we got a call a week later from somebody who needed some help. And I was like, uh, I have a friend that I refer to, so it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. I can, there's certain ways I can handle that, but, um, yeah, just it, I am a very independent woman. If you know me (laughs) and you know that. (laughs) And so I am staying quiet. Yeah. So none of this surprised Nathan to the point of like, why would my wife do that without asking? Yeah. No, Um, I think it was more of a, wow, that was quick yeah (laughs) well it was kind of you know if I extended it was going to cost another five hundred dollars or so to extend so it was just easy yeah yeah to to set that limit but um yeah so I quit and it was a huge relief almost instantly you know I, I had thought about all the negatives but it's hard to think of the positives um not having to worry about clients day and night is wonderful yeah yeah well and and yeah I would say that because I mean that's the thing is you get you can end your day without having to rush up to your computer yeah. to amend a contract because right. somebody's now asking for something else. Right. Yeah. I mean, the clients I have in ministry right now, so the churches that I work with, which is 20 plus churches, um, they're awesome. And I just so, I have such sweet relationships with so many of them. And I'm so thankful for each one of them. And also, thankfully, most of them have really great boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't get crazy calls and, and they might email me, but they don't expect an email back on Sunday night. Yeah. They yeah. know that I have a family and um, it's been a very sweet journey to get to know yeah, yeah. these other people in ministry. And oh my gosh, to hear their stories about what mm-hmm. they're doing. And you know, it just encourages me to know other churches are out there. I mean, I know of three churches in Dallas before I met, well, before I started this job that I knew yeah. were doing great work, but to hear the nonprofits and the churches that are just rocking it. Mm -hmm. It's so fun. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So where would you say, and this will be kind of my last question. Yeah. So where are you now? You know, you've gone through that. You're still in the transition, but where are you like mentally, spiritually? uh, What is, um, I guess, what is taking Mm -hmm. the edge off the knife of having to make that decision and, and giving up that? Um, 
I know it was the right choice to make. There just have been some clear things that have come out of that decision. The time that I spent with, that I get to spend with my family is much more boundary driven, which is great. Uh, Kids are in school. I can work. Kids are out of school. For the most part, I'm at home or I'm wherever we're adventuring for the night. Um, What makes it easier, I think, is that I took it on my time to tell people. I didn't force myself to do anything after I shut the business down. I had to tell you because somebody called you about a question. And after that, I rolled it out to people that cared. And this, I not many people know. I think I told my mom like a month later. It was a very slow roll. But I think that self-care, anytime you're in ministry, or not just ministry, anytime, that you need to take your time if it doesn't affect anyone and nobody's negatively going to be impacted by it. Taking my time meant the world to me and that you didn't push me to, you didn't tell me, well, you need to tell everybody. I mean, I shut down my website and I shut down my Facebook page and I changed my LinkedIn. There's some legal ramifications. If you don't, in case you're a realtor and shutting things down, you need to, but I did it privately. Nobody asked and nobody saw because nobody looked at that or cared so and that's okay that didn't bother me at all um and it made it easier yeah so I think the other thing that helped is I I can't speak enough about how much the team that I work with now is fun Mm -hmm. like to be on a team where we like during snowpocalypse we were (laughs) all we had was really texting because our internet went down yeah yeah um, and everybody's internet went down, but they were making sure everybody was okay. I don't know what the plan was if somebody wasn't okay. Yeah, it's kind of like, okay, so how are we all going to get there? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, but we're going to do something. Yeah, we had two guys that were really without heat and, and yeah. um, without water, and they figured out a way, but like our heart was in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're still with us, we had a little bit of a technical glitch there, and that was uh, interesting, but. You know, Kim, I think through this whole transition, what you've shown is it's possible to, uh, for lack of a better word, give up on your dream with a lot of grace, um, with Mm. a lot of uh, confidence in doing the right thing. And I I think for me, uh, that's been the thing that, you know, I'm impressed to see because I didn't necessarily handle mine uh, (laughs) as well as you did. But uh, maybe I learned a lot from you. Yeah, maybe I was the test run, but (laughs) No, I can say that, uh, you know, for a lot of people out there who may be going through this, it is survivable. Mm -hmm. Um, You can, but again, like you said, surround yourself with the people who allow you in your time to process that and don't try to run you through it or force you through it because you'll get there. You know, obviously uh, the Lord doesn't abandon you in those moments and he walks with you and he he cares for you. So, um, you know, that's not a situation where uh, you have to fear necessarily maybe the immediate uh results but ultimately Mm -hmm. you're going to come out uh stronger on the other side if you're willing to learn right so anything else you want to add no that was that was pretty exhaustive yeah you you hit a lot of high points there so well if you uh are listening we really appreciate it we we really appreciate you guys hanging with us we know there are those out there who have been downloading and even some new uh people been exploring the podcast mm-hmm. we really appreciate it if you want to reach out to us get in touch with us you can reach us at podcastinglees at gmail.com mm-hmm. um, that actually ties to uh a several podcasts that we're involved in 
Um, but yeah, you can get a hold of us there. Um, but uh, we also want to say thank you to uh, Free Music Archive, who uh, allowed us to get a new uh, theme song, Funhouse by Crowander. Um, you can hear it, and uh, you look on our notes, you'll see uh, all of the uh, attributions and things like that. So uh, it's a great resource, Free Music Archive. You can get in there and find some really cool stuff by creators. But uh, Kim, thank you. Next time we're going to yeah. get into some uh, more uh, spicier conversations. So if for uh, adults only, yeah. So that one might be the only one we do with a with a red E on it on iTunes. So the uh, what if we did two? Well, I don't know, maybe two, but no, we we. <laughs> It's not gonna, How far can I push Nathan? Please don't push me that far. No, it's not going to be that bad. But we do want to address some things that uh, we want to get real frank and honest about relationships and yeah. uh, love and sex and things like that as married couples and couples who want to honor God with their relationship. I'm just impressed you said that word. Uh, that I said the word sex? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a hard one for me to say out loud, but I, I'm getting there, so... Well, we appreciate you guys listening and uh, hope you have a great week. If you're in Texas, hopefully you got power. Hopefully you have water. Hopefully you have heat uh, and you're getting things repaired quickly. Um, We are praying for our state. Please continue to pray for everything that's going on there. But uh, Mm -hmm. this is Nathan. And this is Kim. And we are the Birds and the Lees, and we really appreciate it. And we'll catch you later. Bye.